Amen and amen. Good morning. This is the reading of God's Word. This is Acts chapter 13. And we're going to be reading verses 42 through 52. This is God's timing in your life. This is God's Word for your life. This is the Word of God. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy, and they began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city and stirred up persecution against Saul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Praise God for the reading and for the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this amazing opportunity to worship you, to come together. This is a divine moment for us. We don't take it for granted. Lord, we do say amen. We do ask that you would bless us and keep us and cause your face to shine upon us in the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. The fountain of all blessings, the fountain of salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And oh God, what a privilege to worship him together as a church. To join our voices and sing and hear the word of God. So Lord, bless the word as it comes to us through our brother Charles. Very excited to see what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, take over this meeting. Build up Christians. Bring them to confession of sin and, and, and right decisions about how to grow and change. And Lord, if there's any here who are not saved, would you reach into their hearts and lead them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ? Bring them from darkness to life, from flesh to spirit, from hell to heaven, from Satan to Jesus. And Lord, may you build up your church. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, again, welcome. It's my privilege to introduce you to our speaker this morning. Charles Ware is going to preach God's word to us in the passage that you just heard. He is the executive director of Grace Relations and he's going to tell you a little bit more about that. He is a fantastic preacher. 
He's a great Christian leader, and most of all, he's a, he's a good friend. And I'm, I'm so happy, church, that you get to meet my friend, Charles. This is awesome. He, he uh, emailed me a couple weeks ago, said, hey, I'm going to be in Des Moines. And I'm like, you're going to be where? In Des Moines? And he said, yeah, I'd preach for you too if you want me to. And I said, done deal. Absolutely. Uh, you're going to be blessed. Every time I've ever heard Charles preach, he is a massive blessing to my soul. I believe he will be the same to you. And may God bless him. Now, he, he's written some books here. We're going to flash up a couple books. We're going to have these on the resource table the next couple weeks. But he's written one, Ra- one Race, One Blood. If you've ever been to the Ark Experience, Ken Ham, all of those things in Kentucky, uh, Charles co-wrote this book with Ken Ham, and it'll be a great book for you to grab a hold of. Christ-Centered Biblical Counseling. You guys know we're a big counseling church, so we love books like this, and Charles was a contributing author to this book as well, and he's written other stuff too. And uh, I won't get in the way because he needs time to preach, amen? So let's give it up for Charles as he comes to bring the word to us. Thank you, brother. Well, thank you. It's a joy to be here. And um, I met Josh, I don't know how many years ago, but ABWE, we serve on the board together. And uh, he came in, a young man, loving Jesus, loving the word of God, loving people. And uh, I was immediately drawn to him. My kind of person, and delighted that he, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm in uh, Iowa, but I told him I was like homeless. I said, hey, man, I'm living in this hotel. I don't have a way to get here or there. I don't have a car. I tried to reserve a car. My assistant tried to reserve a car. She said, there are no cars to reserve. I said, no cars to reserve. What's this? I get me an Uber. So she tried to do this. Well, I can't get you scheduled on an Uber. I said, well, I'm going to go out there homeless, I guess. I said, well, hey. And so anyway, he... Dug me out, gave me a meal, him and Danielle, uh, Danielle last night, and uh, had me here preaching this morning. But it's a delight to be here with you. I've heard about this church and what God is doing in it, and, and that is very delightful. I like when I look at an audience to remind myself that I am a child of God, redeemed by the death, burial, and resurrection of the Son of God, indwelt by the Spirit of God, yielded to the Word of God, Working with the family of God to advance the kingdom of God for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. I like to remind myself of that and remind me that one day Jesus will hold me responsible for what I say to you. And I'm not particularly concerned about what you say about it or what others say about it, but I am concerned about what Jesus says about it. So I come to you in that spirit. So I'm delighted to be with you here today. And... um, as I'm, I'm here, I want to give you a little background of myself here. Um, I'm, I like to say I am what I am by the grace of God. I like the way Paul introduces that because God saved me by his grace and, and God works in my life by his grace. And I put everything to the grace of God. The next slide, we, um, Sharon and I was married for 48 years. In 2021, she went on to be with the Lord. Uh, we have um, six children, four boys, two girls, and... Um, Four uh, uh, daughter-in-laws, one son-in-law, and four grandchildren, and we thank God for that. The ministry that I have is called Grace Relations. I speak of grace rather than race. We have a lot of talk about race relations in our country. But I talk about the grace relations, God's reconciliation at Christ's expense. Those of us who are saved, born again by the blood of Christ, we have been brought together as a new race. Regardless of where you come from, if you're saved, you're one with 
Jesus and you're one with the people of God. And that's the message I try to bring from the Word of God to encourage the people of God to live in such a way that we might honor and glorify God. That next slide, it speaks of, uh, by the way, that uh, CSW Legacy, if you could go on there, say CSWLegacy.org. You can get some information. I'm going to mention a video that you might want to see here in a moment. I didn't mention this in the first um, setting, but you might want to see that. <clears throat> there's other articles and things I've written, but there's one in particular I'm going to mention. But I found that that for-profit organization in honor of my wife and uh, CSW Charles and Sharon Ware uh, legacy. So then the next one is what I try to accomplish through grace relations as I speak on that subject around the country and throughout the world, actually. Number one, I talk about discipleship. As Christians, what we should be interested in is loving God and loving our neighbor. That's what Jesus said. All the commandments hang on these two commandments, loving God and loving your neighbor. If we're so-called getting diversity training and don't come out loving God and loving our neighbor, as a Christian, we miss the mark. So what I'm pushing is discipleship. The second thing I'm pushing is edification. You know, a lot of people I talk to, especially those of you of the, what I call a lighter hue, you call yourself white, but I call you the lighter hue. Um, what, I, what I find is that you're, you're so perplexed on this race issue. I don't know what to say. Do I call you African-American? I call you Afro-American? I call you black? I call you people of color? I just don't know what to say. I don't want to offend somebody. I just I want to be right. Well, get over it. See, <laughs> see the, the devil has paralyzed you, and you're scared to say anything. But if you don't say anything, you offend somebody. So you might as well get your nose in the book of the Bible, figure out what God wants you to say, and say it. You got to stay in the game. <laughs> And so I'm trying to encourage, I'm trying to encourage, encourage people to let in. And then, uh, then there's this whole thing about um, uh, manifestation. Uh, there's a lot of talk about history, and I like to study history. In fact, the Bible is a history book. You can't even give the gospel without history. You've got to go back to Adam. So I know history. You've got some bad history, some good history. But here's the thing. I look at history, and I'll, I'm looking for the hand of God through history. But what I'm really interested in is how do we make history? Right now, how am I living? What am I doing? That 20 years from now, 50 years from now, when people study this error and look at my life, what will they read? And I hope that I reflect God well. I want to be a, a, a manifestation. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples and that you have love one for another. That's a marketing strategy, loving one another. And then the, the next one is evangelization. I know it's not totally theologically correct, but I like the way I say it. I'm trying to depopulate hell. Well, I ain't going to hell to get anybody out. I know that. I, I, I know that. But I am trying to stop those who are going there. You understand what I mean? Giving them the gospel so they're not going to hell but to heaven. And that's what we should be doing as uh, believers in Christ. And then the last one is uh, to glorify God. That's what we want to do. I am um, Executive Director of Grace Relations with the College of Biblical Studies where our mission statement is that we are educating and equipping multi-ethnic Christian leaders to impact the world for Christ. Our, our college is about 50% African-American, 29-30% Latino, 17% white, and then some other. Um, we're a very diverse college. And we believe in truth training and transformation. That's what we give our, our students. We've got online courses and some in-person courses. Also, we got knocked, that got knocked way back by the pandemic, but we're back now. But the next slide there, talk just, uh, yeah, that was a video that ain't working, so go on. 
Uh, this is a college. We got accreditation by two, uh, two accrediting associations, one secular, one Christian. We have programs entirely in Spanish. We do dual credit. And um, we also have a program that we're pushing called uh, Emerging Leaders. That's for any male who grew up without a father between the age of 17 and, and 30. If they grew up without a father and can qualify for getting in our college, which means they also have to be involved in a local church, their tuition will be paid. So they can find out more about that online. Let's go to the next one here. That's a little advertisement we got. Let's roll to the next one. All right, I already told you about that. We, let's, let, we, we get on through here. All right, a thriving church and a reviling culture. Now, I'm, I'm going to do something a little different in this service that I didn't do in the first service. I'm, I'm going to talk about one of our sons. I'll, I'll, I'll bring him in as an illustration as I go down. And one of the reasons I'm bringing him in is he just texted me uh, in the service here. Um, he's a quadriplegic, and uh, since his, he's, he's had a lot of challenges. He's 42 years old now, but um, he's a quadriplegic, and since his mom's passing, he has spent more time in the hospital or in his bed than he spent in his wheelchair. A lot of complications, a lot of problems. So he texts that they have a, we have a family reunion on Sharon's side of the family in New York uh, this weekend. And he and his wife, she drove him out there. And that's the first time he's tried to take a long trip. They said it went pretty good, but he just texts me and said, would you please pray for me? He said, I'm not feeling good. My stomach's giving me a lot of problems, and there's secretions coming out of a, uh, one of the things he's got inside. So uh, he, he's had a lot of problems, so I'm, I'm a, I will pray for him as I start. I'm going to use part, part of why I'm going to use um, his story in this text. Number one, it, it fits into the text. But number two, to ask you to pray for him. People have been praying for him all around the country. And he, the doctors tell him, you are a miracle. You should be dead. And uh, he tell the doctors, yes, God is work. So I'm going to pray and we'll get, get uh, into this. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you again for <laughs> your goodness to us, your faithfulness. And we do pray your blessing. I pray your blessing upon this group of believers. I pray your blessing upon my family and, and especially Matt right now. He, he's, his heart is so tuned towards you. And he gives you the glory, even at the most difficult times of his life. So I just pray, God, that you might use this service, use these words to encourage me, to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ. And may we continue to thrive for the glory of God, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. What I want, we want to talk about a thriving church. And what I want to put into your mind right off the bat is that a thriving church is a church where God's power is being demonstrated as his word is being preached and people are being saved and transformed. And, and, and you can know the power of God is working there. That is great. We love that. We pray for that. We want to be part of that. But I also want you to know that wherever the, wherever the church is thriving, there will be reviling. There'll be people who don't like it, people who oppose it, people who resist it. And you and I have to keep in mind, especially here at the Living Waters, because I see God working in many ways with you and, and the whole idea of addictions and all of that stuff. This is great. This is wonderful. God's got a thriving church going on here. But you need to keep in mind, if you've got a thriving church going on here, you are a target for Satan. 
And you will be opposed. If you read the book of Acts and you find out that the Acts, some people call it the Acts of the Apostles, is actually the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It was the Spirit of God that came in Acts chapter 2 and started the church. It's the Spirit of God saving people, opening their eyes, Spirit of God healing people, Spirit of God doing all these things. And you need to realize that as a, as a striving church, if you have been saved by the grace of God, you are indwelt by the Spirit of God. You have a source of power that is beyond human strength. And no matter who opposes you, God is in you and he can keep you thriving, but you're going to have to stay in the battle. You're going to have to believe that God's here, God's working. And when something happens, you shouldn't be surprised and wonder why this happening or you face opposition or criticism. You, you're going to have to be able to hang in there because you know that God is at work and he has the last word. So I want to challenge you with that. I'm going to give you three things here um, quickly this morning. First of all, I'm going to talk about the, the, the church thriving as many were turning to the word of God. That's an indication that God is at work. Many were turning to the word of God. The, the second point I want to make is that many in the culture revile the word of God, the thriving church. Uh, God was working in the church. He's doing a mighty work in the church. But at the same time, people are stirred up and they're fighting and resisting the church. And I want to tell you, we're experiencing that same thing in America right now. It's going to get worse. So you and I need to hang on because we're in the midst of it. And then the third thing I want to, I want to say here is that, is that, um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, many in the culture were reviving the thriving church, but the saints refuted those who were reviling. In other words, you're going to need boldness. I'm going to need boldness. Not the hope that nobody criticizes us, nobody opposes us, but we're going to have to have the boldness to stand up to those who are reviling us and preach Christ to them, and if necessary, lead those who reject it and preach to those who want it. That's what God has called us to. So we want to walk through this. And um, first of all, we get here in, in this uh, Acts pas passage. And uh, verse 42 follows a sermon that Paul has preached um, to the basically a Jewish synagogue, but there was also some Gentiles in there, and that's the way God in his word uses he divides us as people. You either Jews who had the word of God, the covenant of God, and the promises of God, and was picked out by God to be a light to the rest of the world, or you were a Gentile, any other race or group of people, any other ethnicity group, you were either Jew or Gentile, or unless you get saved, then you are a Christian. And we are a new race of people from every tribe, every language, every people group, we're one in Christ. And so here's Paul and his group sitting in the synagogue, a Jewish uh, religious meeting place. They read the scripture and their habit is when they read the scripture, they see some preacher or something out there and say, hey, you want to come up and say a word? You don't try that today with anybody. I mean, you don't never know what you're going to get. Well, they didn't know what they were getting, to be honest about it. But anyway, Paul comes up, and Paul gives this history of the Jews. And he goes back how God chose them, and God gave them these promises, and God gave them these covenants, and God did all this stuff for them, for them to be a light to the Gentiles. And he said they miserably fell. And now they were convicted of sin, and he said they needed Christ. And he preached this word to them. And then the Bible says here in verse 42, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sunday, next Sabbath day, Saturday. Now, how would you like that? 
You have a service, and all the people come running around here saying, Oh, Pastor John, Pastor John, won't you come? I mean, he has trouble having you coming out here. Let's own having the, the place of it. People, oh, well, come and preach the word to us. Preach the word to us. And, and, but this is what happened. But these are the Gentiles, because he's already told the Jews, you messed up. But uh, verse 40, 43 says, Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes, now proselytes were individuals who had who were Gentiles who were believing in the Jewish uh, Messiah. They said they followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God, continue walking in the word of God. Then it says here, look at this, on 44, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. I mean, you know, you, got, you guys are known all over the place right now for the hour fair. <laughs> And I don't even know whether they're much interested in our affairs. They're interested in, oh, the presidential candidate's going to be there. But you're all over the news. I see in, in, in Indianapolis. Now, wouldn't it be great if it's all over the news? The word of God's being preached. I want to get there. I want to come there. I want to I wanna hear the word of God. It's changing life. I mean, the whole city, can you believe it, came out to hear the word of God. And by the way, they didn't have a social media campaign. They didn't have no marketing strategy. It was, a, it was people saying, the word of God changed my life. You need to come and hear this. And so they had the whole city come out. Now, that's great, isn't it? I mean, you, you just, can you see yourself like that? I mean, people just crying. Give me the word. Give me the word. All around you, around this area. People just flooding. the whole. I mean, that's incredible. But that's a thriving church. That's the that's the spirit of God moving on the hearts of people of God, God saving people, transforming them. Their mouths were spread. Don't, you know what? We spread stuff by word of mouth too. It's called gossip. If we, if we talk as much about the gospel as we do about gossip, we'd be getting a long way down the line. But, 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 but this, this is coming in also here. God is at work. This church is thriving. People are coming. And, and, and the multitudes are coming out there. And, and, and then I want you to note this. This, this. this is a thriving church, but it's, it's being reviled. There's, it's in a reviling culture. Notice verse 45, 45. He says, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, what did they do? They said, oh, Awesome. They believed the word of God. Hallelujah. No, they didn't. It says, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Are you ready for that? You know, some of us, we even think, you know, man, Christianity, if we just love, if we just love God and love people, I mean, who? we wouldn't have any problems. They love us. The most loving person who ever lived was Jesus Christ. They crucified him. So what do you think they're going to do to you? Let me tell you something. The devil hates God. The devil will oppose the work of God. The devil tempted Christ. He has no problem fighting you and me. And if you think you can run around and serve Christ and see his hand working, the spirit of God working through you and not be opposed, you are delusionary. You got a mental health problem. You need to go get checked out. Because this is spiritual war. 
And, and so these people come up, and they're, they're religious people. They're God's people, but they, but, they, but they were with envy. You get more people following you than following us. And, 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 and never mind that they're leading people astray, but, but, but they got upset, and they contradicted. They said, these people, they're teaching us wrong. Don't follow that. And, and, and then they went, they went so far as, as the Bible says, they were blaspheming them. You know what? That sounds pretty much like the American culture right now. American culture is trying to silence what they call evangelical Christians. Evangelical Christians, to many in this society, is a bunch of bigots, racist, homophobic. The world would be better off without us. They call your names, they put you on Facebook, Twitter, uh, tick, what, TikTok, I don't know what y'all got. they on social media. <laughs> Just demonize you. There's pressure in this society. I, I'm, 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 uh, people in my small group and people I'm working with, there are people losing their jobs in this society because of the Christian conviction. If you don't sign this agreement and affirm this action, well, then you can't work here. All kinds of pushes and going on. And so what are we supposed to do? I mean, I, I, I know people who recently lost their job or, or resigned because they were, trying, they were being forced to deny their faith. You're not living in some difficult times. Some of your friends, when they hear you a Christian and you go to living waters, they're going to form concepts of you, negative concepts. Are you not, the people over there preaching that Bible stuff? Those crazy people? No, no, we'd be better off without them. We need some government laws to come down and make you conform. I want to, we're living. I think we're seeing God's hand work across our country. That's why I'm glad to be here. I God's hand's working here. But I'm also seeing the hand of the devil. And the question is, so how should we respond? I want you to notice. They were in the midst of a thriving church. It was a reviling culture. But what Paul did in his group was refute the reviling. Notice in verse 26, it says, Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. I like that word. Bold. Now, he didn't grow bold in his own angry self. I know some Christians, they say they're bold, but they're really arrogant. He, do both. he got boldness from the Spirit of God. You read in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit came, he came and he filled them. And in other places in Acts, they, they prayed for boldness. They prayed for God's Spirit. You are not alone in this fact, fight if you're a Christian. You don't have to go to hatred. You don't have to get vitriol. You, just, you let the Spirit of God fill you with boldness and with compassion. But you confront the truth. Look at what Paul said. It says right down here, 
in um, verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you rejected and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Paul is simply saying that, you know what? In the Old Testament, you were given the law, the privileges, the promises, the covenants of God as God's people. And you were supposed to be alike to the Gentiles. You were supposed to demonstrate to them who God was and draw them to. But you failed at that. You became proud. You became ingrown. And you didn't want other people in. And now you're rejecting the word of God. We preached it to you. We're going to have to move on. I want to tell you that you and I live in a time and an age where where we we need my this. I want to show the compassion of Christ for everyone. I will die loving people. I will believe that God can. I want to hang in there to the very end, but I will not compromise the truth of Christ for anyone. I want to hang on to the word of God, but I want to do it with compassion. I want to do it with love. I want to do it weeping. Even as Stephen, when he was stoned to death, said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. But I'm not going to let any government or any racial group or any political group force me to disobey what I know to be true in the word of God. You ask him for too much. My loyalty is to Jesus. I know who saved me. I got saved in 1968. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Racial strife across the land. I was in a high school with about 93% white. And I had two white men, lighter hue I like to call them, come to my house on a Monday night. And God has so worked in my life through a series of things. He's broken me. I knew I was a sinner. They came, knocked on my door, asked me if I died. Did I know where I would go to spend eternity? And I said, if God is just, I go to hell. They said, have you never heard that you can know you're going to heaven? I said, yeah, I heard that. I heard it when I was in seventh grade, but I rejected it. And they came into my living room and led me to Christ. Spirit of God, boom, the eyes open. I saw, I had life. I was playing three varsity sports. I was lettered in three varsity sports. I applied to colleges. I was accepted in colleges. I had, I had uh, scholarships to colleges, but I was empty inside. When I got saved, Jesus, light went on. I was so excited, man. I was the first person to get baptized in that white church. Black person, that is. My mother said, flying a bowl of milk. Now, I told her, I got the Bible in here. As long as they got the Bible, I'm be there. I mean, God changed my life. I know who changed me. And I, my loyalty is to him and him alone. You, you and I that down if, if we if we're going to be a thriving church yeah we will be revived, but we need the boldness of God and the compassion of God to stand and I'm like Paul in first Corinthians chapter 9 he says he become all things all men in order that he might win some not all but some I'm looking I'm not looking for everybody to respond positively but I know who I listen People keep talking about the White House. If God can make Nebuchadnezzar eat grass, he can take care of who's in the White House. God isn't afraid of politicians, all right? He's going to build this church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. You and I need to be 
him and trusting him and doing what he wants us to do. Now, this text goes on. And um, it says that uh, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken first because they're Jews. Since you rejected the judge unworthy of eternal life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Now, verse 47 says, for so the Lord commanded us, and this is Old Testament, I have set you as a light, that's the Gentiles, I set you as a light to the, to the Gentiles, I mean the Jews, I set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. All people were to be saved. Verse 48 says, now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. Listen, even though we will be refuted, even though we will be reviled, if we are faithfully preaching the word of God and depending upon the spirit of God and suffering rightly, uh, suffering in a, in a manner worthy of the Savior, God will continue to work. They rejected it. These Gentiles received it. And he says down here, and they still doing their thing. It says, verse 49, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Now, sometimes I look at that. Wait a minute. God, you're God. I mean, I, Paul, come get, bring your butt back here. Don't you be running from these people. You stay right in this city. You stay there. No. God had them pushed out. Persecution put about. But that teaches me something. The program of God is not dependent upon the man of God, but the God of the man. And even though they went out, the word of God still stayed there. And people were still being blessed. You can't. People tell me. I preached a message in our church. And I told them. If you be what you're supposed to be as a Christian. It may get you a reservation in the crowbar hotel. That's called jail. <laughs> Paul went to jail for his faith. You and I have to be willing. I mean we have to be willing. These, these people like. They expelled them. They kicked them out. But verse 51 says, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to a counting They went somewhere else to preach. But then verse 52 says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We can't do this without the Holy Spirit. But there's joy even in suffering. And that suffering can come in persecution, but I'm going to give you a little testimony here that I didn't give the other group about our son, Matt, the one I'm asking to pray for. Matt was 16 years of age. He's at a basketball practice. He saved the ball from going out of bounds. He pushed the ball back this way. He let his body go, hit a wall, and his fourth vertebrae was shattered. And his spinal cord was severed. He was there. Stunned. I was out on the west coast preaching. I got a phone call. Told me my son was in the hospital. I got a flight out. 1 a.m. in the morning from Seattle. Got back into Indianapolis. Went in the hospital. I, I did call the uh, hospital. And they told me my son has broken his neck. They put my wife on the phone. She said, Matt's been hurt. It doesn't look good. 
I got to leave now. They're transferring him to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, somebody brought me a newspaper. On the front page of the newspaper was a picture of our son. His picture was on the newspaper, front of the page of the newspaper, because there was a sports writer there when he got hurt, and they got a hold of his mom, and she got there, and, and when she got there, uh, they had him on a stretcher, and they were taking him to the ambulance, and, and she ran over to the stretcher, and she was crying and weeping, and he's on his back strapped down. He looked her straight in the eyes and said, Mom, pull yourself together. Remember God's in control. And the sports writer was so impacted by that, that he, he wrote this article. It was a young athlete injured, but not his faith. And his story went so far and so wide. And, and if you go on that um, uh, site, CSWLegacy.org, you can get a, an interview of him on the uh, news. He was in the evening news. He was in the newspaper. Sports athletes, professional athletes came to visit him. All kinds of people came to visit him. And, and, and God broke me because when, when I was coming back from on that plane, I just said to God, God, I gave you my life as a living sacrifice. And, and, and now my son has broken his neck and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to leave the ministry. I'm going to have to take two or three secular jobs. I got to take care of my son. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I gave you my life to preach the gospel. Now I can't do it. And God reminded me of Romans 12, 1 and 2. He said, you gave me your life as a living sacrifice as a teenager. Just leave it there. I got it. To make a long story short, I get back in Indianapolis. This article is there. We don't know what we're going to do, how we're going to take care of our son. Some Christian people. Uh, no, first of all, from our church, predominantly white. Our church says, we got to do something for the Ware family. We're going to take up an offering. He told the church, the pastor told the church, we're going to take up an offering for the Ware family. Because I didn't, what am I going to do with a quadriplegic son? His neck is broken. I don't know. How, what are the bills going to be? I don't know. On a Sunday night, they took up $167,000. Gave it for the Matt Ware Trust Fund. And then there, there was some Christian businessmen. He was in a Christian school. There was some Christian businessmen. Uh, 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 no, this is, I get it all mixed up. It's Christian businessman, not the Christian school. They put on a, a uh, dinner for Matt Ware, Matt Ware Trust Fund dinner. The mayor of Indianapolis declared uh, Charles and Matt Ware Day for Indianapolis. But anyway, at that dinner, they took up $167,000. We had over $300,000 in a fund to take care of our son's needs. Kroger Food Store bought a brand new 1997 um, uh, van, Dodge van, it was refitted so it'd be handicapped and it was given to us debt free. The Christian construction company that, that uh, had children in the Christian school where our son was going, they said, what are you going to do with your house? I mean, how, how, how are you going to do that? I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we had basement bedrooms, upstairs bedroom. We, we had man, we brought Matt home. We put him in the living room. They said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll build you a house at our expense. Nobody will make money on it. You find the land, we'll build it. They built us a house over 3,000 square feet, handicapped, adapted. Between what they charged and what we sold out of the house for and people gave, we moved in debt-free. I mean, God is incredible. 
And then I was praying to God, God, you know, I can't preach. I mean, what are going to happen? What are we going to do? God told me, you just be still. I got this. And I'm watching God do all these things. And I remember saying, but I prayed. And my wife said, we're praying, we're praying for Matt to walk again. We want to see our son walk again. He hasn't walked this day to this day. But God hit me with this. He's not walking. But God is working. All the stuff God provided for us. And then on top of that, talking about getting the gospel out. Matt's testimony I began to write. I was an ABWE missionary. I wrote, I wrote ABWE and I wrote him about my son. He broke his neck and all that stuff. It's beginning to go around the world. People were praying for him. Literally. And then the last crusade Billy Graham had in Indianapolis on a Saturday night they had a series of testimonies Pro athletes, this person, that person, that person. Well, one of the testimonies they had was the testimony of our son. And God hit me. If the goal of our family was to get the faith out, we were doing a better job with a quadriplegic son than we were doing before he was hurt. What I want to say to you and say to myself, we may, we, we, we're going to face opposition. It could be physical opposition. It could be, it could be people calling us names. It could be people threatening us. Even we may, some of us may even lose our lives. But there's a God in heaven. His spirit is at work. He has a thriving church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You here at Living Waters, keep praying, keep fasting, keep preaching. Because God is with you and there is no power in hell or heaven that can stop you. And when you're at your weakest and when you're most confused, that's the way we were with our son. That's when the message of our family and the gospel spread the most. We continue to pray for him. I want you to pray for him. But I just want to say this to you. This is a thriving church. The Spirit of God is at work here. You're doing a great work for God. If you haven't experienced it yet, you will experience, you will experience being reviled. Don't become fearful and confused and silent. But become resilient. Filled with the Spirit of God. With compassion. Without compromise. Spread the word of God. Amen. Amen.